0: abc listen podcasts radio news music and
1: more so perry on 99 here comes Filer dashing into bowl to perry it's in the air on, she goes! this time the catch sticks and the catch is taken by maxine abroad perry turns on her heels you cannot believe what has happened She got 99 problems and a run is one. Sorry, lame, we know. Elise Perry falling just short of history in the women's ashes. Despite that, the all-rounder has underscored her greatness in Nottingham. Does anyone wish we saw a bit more of her in Test cricket, though? It's a bit of a theme in women's sport at the moment, with women's origin won by Queensland, despite that series being drawn 1-1 overnight. Can we get a third game, please? We're going to dig into both of these, give you the weekend forecast for NRL and AFL, and shower you in a golden edition of Sound Bites. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. We are living in the middle of a double Ashes. It's the Dashes. The women's is underweight, too. Michelle Gosko has scored a Test double century, so knows a couple of things about Test cricket. She's a little croaky after staying up all week watching cricket. Gozzy, talk Perry to me. What stood out to you about her first innings heroics?
0: I am a bit coarse. Apologies about that. But Elise Perry, she just keeps doing Elise Perry things. If anyone was born for Test cricket
1: it's Elise Perry. Back into the attack, right arm over and uh, bowling a ball which is nicely (laughs) felt (laughs) and jammed down towards deep third for a boundary off the bat of Elise Perry.
0: And I mean, I saw after the game, she's a little bit disappointed to be out for 99, but she joins an illustrious group. Shane Warne, I think, and Michael Slater was out for 99, so uh, you can look at it the other angle and say that she's notched up another Test 50. That ball just had my measure, which is totally fine, but um, I really enjoyed today to be out there and to be a part of it. You know, to have a great atmosphere with the crowd just shows how much the game's come along. What an absolute superstar of the game.
1: There was times in recent years where you wondered whether the end might be approaching for her, given her sort of struggles with form at times in the white ball side of things, battles with injury. How encouraging is it to see her back at the top of her game across all formats?
0: Yeah, I think anyone trying to learn the game of cricket should look at Elise Perry. She's had to change with the game and she was made, as I said, for test match cricket, not so much T20, but the way that she batted in India, the previous series, her strike rate was about 140, I think. So she's someone who's had to adapt to the game and I know that with the Sydney Sixers, she's worked with Charlotte Edwards to work on her T20 game. And she's got her way back into that Australian side. And she sat out for a little bit and obviously with injuries as well. But what an absolute superstar of the game that she is to be able to adapt. And that's exactly what she's done. And even overnight with her um, strike rate was in the 60s for Test Match Cricket. For her, That that's an improvement as well. So she just keeps getting better and better. She's like a bottle of Grange.
1: I feel like we have this conversation on loop, but I'd love to see her in whites playing against a red ball more often. Why is this test cricket in women's so rare and how can we address it? Yeah,
0: look, it is. And and they've made a move to make this test five days, which I think is a really good move. Obviously being in England, there is rain about all the time. So to get a result, I think they've done the right thing to make it five days, but, They had one practice match um, coming into the test match. I know the players would love it. They love donning the baggy green. It's kind of the most exciting part. I mean, all we play is white ball cricket. So having the test match gives it relevance in our calendar if we're putting it in a multi-format series. And they would love to do it more like the men get to do in the Sheffield Shield. So maybe that's the next thing that comes along is maybe there's sort of three-day cricket for players in, in Australia to play so they get... Um, used to that but also in England they're playing with the Dukes ball for the first time so that's even different in itself
1: another standout was Talia McGrath on day one of this test she's vice captain in this particular fixture under the tutelage of Alyssa Healy with Meg Lanning obviously not on tour what can we take from her innings but also what does it say about her leadership credentials
0: yeah, look, she's obviously stepped up with the uh, strikers, and they won last year, uh, and it was a lot down to her captaincy. She's a little bit older now, so she's a different type of leader than Elisa Healy and Meg Lanning, but you can tell the other players really look up to her, uh, and and she's got a really good cricket brain. She's she's not a reactive captain; um, she's a proactive one. I think she's got a big future. She's obviously the next in line to captain that Australian team, and I know Ash Gardner's is another one who's looking at trying to take a leadership role. But, yeah, Tali McGrath, absolutely next in
1: line. And just a reminder, you can catch every ball live and free on the ABC Listen app. Michelle Gosco, thanks so much for talking to us. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Pat. Just before we roll on... A note of appreciation for Ricky Ponting as he's turned cricket regulator in the UK for the men's Ashes. First of all, he reined in Kevin Peterson's fawning assessment of Joe Root. Then he dropped the truth bomb that England actually offered him bread and McCullum's job before the Kiwi. Finally, he had this to say on Ollie Robinson after the Englishman, for some reason, took aim at Ponting over the medium paces sledging of Usman Khawaja. After Ollie Robinson said what he said, this England cricket team hasn't played against Australia, and they'll work, they'll find out pretty quickly what playing Ashes cricket and playing against a good Australian cricket team is all about. And if Ollie Robinson hasn't learnt that already after last week, then he's a slow learner. He's retired, but Ponting is still a beautiful shot-maker. Round 15 of the AFL kicked off last night and just when you think reigning Premier's Geelong might be finished for the year, they rise to the occasion. Jeremy Cameron was knocked out after clattering into Gary Rowan, but the Cats overcame that injury to claim a 15-point win over the D's in the wet. Much of the attention after the game centred around a bloke who did not play, Simon Goodwin addressing the ludicrous and slanderous rumours about Clayton Oliver and his ongoing absence. The kind of stupidity that lands in your WhatsApp group that involves phrases like four many times and this didn't come from me but dot 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 here's Goodwin. Yeah look I, there's a lot been spoken about Clayton in the last 48 hours and a lot of it's incorrect. Clayton had a hamstring strain against Port Adelaide. He then got an infected foot spent six nights in hospital as he's come back into training in the last eight days his hamstring's tight. Um, he'll have scans tomorrow so anyone that thinks they know better than that come and walk into our environment and find out. But for all the other rubbish that's out there it's just, it's just garbage. So I hope we can put that one to bed. You understand the anger because stuff like that is impossible to police. Anyway, the other games we have a keen eye on this weekend are as follows. In chronological order, St Kilda and Brisbane on Friday night, fourth versus fifth. Can Brizzy build credibility on the road? The Saints' long injury list, it's starting to bite. Can they get a steadying victory? Collingwood and Adelaide at the MCG. Old school lunchtime time slot for two old school powerhouse clubs. The last time these two played, it was the Pies by a point. The Crows have been in electric form at home, but weaker on the road. Can the pride of South Australia knock over the Premiership favourites to make a statement? Probably not, but we're going to enjoy seeing them try. And finally, it's Hawthorne and the Gold Coast. Not a traditional blockbuster, but the backstory is juicy. Former Hawk Premiership player Stewie Dew is In the coach's box for the Suns under a heap of pressure after a bad loss to Carlton last week, Hawthorne's resurgence under Sam Mitchell has made a lot of clubs who are meant to be better look bad. And that is a recipe for a spicy football dish this Sunday at Aussie Rules Mecca, the Gold Coast Stadium. A reminder, you can catch every game live and free on the ABC Listen app. What a week to be a Queensland Rugby League fan. Two series wins in a week after the Marone ladies claimed victory overnight. Only thing is, they actually lost game two in front of a record crowd. The way the concept works is if the two-game series is drawn, 1-1 as it was, it's decided on cumulative points. Now, Queensland women's legend and Marone mentor Joe Barrett is here to help us make sense of it. Joe, just first up, how special was it to claim victory in front of a record crowd?
2: Yeah, really amazing moment for the girls and everyone involved and great to do it up in North Queensland. The passion, the
1: drama, the controversy of a record crowd in State of Origin. 18,275 is that new record crowd.
2: We know they love their rugby league up here and to have a record crowd at home to get the shield, yeah, really, really wonderful experience.
1: As we say, always glorious to claim a series victory, but is there a sense of a story kind of being left unfinished?
2: Yeah, I think so. You know, you look at the Blues girls, they won, but don't really feel they won because they didn't get the shield. And, and we're in, you know, a similar position that it's great to win the series, but we didn't win that second game.
1: The Blues have won the game.
0: Queensland has won the series. None of it feels right.
2: But if, if there's ever a message that we really need to go to a three-game series, I think last night proved that for everybody.
1: You obviously know the players incredibly well. How are they reflecting on the sort of odd ending to the series?
2: They're still present to the victory and they've had a really good night. But I, I know that, you know, there's always that sense. They wish they could probably have one more game and really prove that we've earned that shield with the outright wins.
0: Yeah, it's a really weird feeling at the moment. Um, obviously not the end we wanted to the game. But, you know, we still showed up and showed the Queensland spirit and we defended really well in the second half. We're glad we still take the shield home. But, yeah, hopefully this really pushes for a three-game series for us next year. I decided it would be an awesome experience.
2: But at the same time, they're they're celebrating. They've embraced the moment. They've worked really hard and they've got the first win in a series. So that's great.
1: And you talk about, I guess, the desire from the players for a third game. The record crowd, the massive interest on TV. It it also seems that the audience interest is there as well, fair to say.
2: It's not even a question now of should we there's more conversations around that we should and this is why so that's really exciting for the game and it's a testament to the support that the rugby league community's got for the
1: women's series is that was a brilliant brilliant game of rugby league it was state of origin with all its characteristics What a game. Just finally, in terms of game quality, in the history of women's origin, where does that particular fixture rank? Because it looked electric through the TV.
2: Yeah, look, I haven't actually looked at the stats of mistake rate, but it's so much better than the first game. And I don't think our players have ever been fitter or stronger or more skilled. So it'd have to be up there with probably one of the best games we've ever had.
1: Joe, a fantastic victory, albeit maybe not in the manner you would have hoped, but certainly the future looking bright for Women's Rugby League. Thanks so much for taking the time to pick through it with us.
2: No worries at all. Thanks for having me.
1: In the NRL, we are fascinated to see the reception Ben Hunt gets from Dragons fans as they take on the Warriors. The captain has made it clear he wants out of the club and has talked about his desire to move to his home state of Queensland. That has got to be a tough pill for his teammates and the club supporters to swallow. It also raises the question of where he might land. This week, the Titans also sacked their coach Justin Holbrook and signed up Dez Hasler to take the reins in 2024. The Gold Coast are strong favourites to grab the 33-year-old, But guess who has signalled an interest in Ben Hunt? His old club, the Brisbane Broncos, and their coach, Kevin Walters. Imagine him back at the Broncos. Time is a flat circle. With all that context, guess who is clashing at Lang Park this weekend? Yep. Gold Coast and Brisbane. Will the Titans get a sacked coach bounce? Can the Broncos' origin stars avoid injury? If indeed they do back up, it's going to be one to watch. Speaking of origin stars, we're also eager to check out the Rafter Panthers' guns backing up for Penrith against the Knights in Newcastle. To'o, Yo, Lui Martin and Crichton were all listed to play this Saturday at time of publish, which feels mega high risk off the back of a bruising midweek origin battle. And finally, it's South and North Queensland on Sunday afternoon for us. Cody Walker returns for the Bunnies, though Latrell Mitchell does not as his calf remains as uncertain as a newborn cow. Get it? Sorry. The little battle within the battle is the hooker off as Blues Rake Reese Robson takes on fellow Blues Rake and sometimes centre Damien Cook, intrigued. Personally, I'm tipping a chef's kiss game from Cook. You can catch all the action on the ABC Listen app every moment, live and free. Time for sound bites, and you probably saw Moeen Alley's ragged, bleeding, spinning finger during the first Ashes test. Turns out some spinners have secret tricks for healing their finger or keeping the skin strong. Nathan Lyon was asked about it this week. I mean, like Graeme Swan always, he said that the best thing was piss. Yeah, yeah, I do, I I do, but I'm not going to. I don't have to tell you what I don't have to tell you what I do in my hotel room. So we'll, uh, we'll 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 leave it at that. Silence is golden. Not sorry. Speaking of odd choices, Brisbane Lions player Darcy Wilmot was nominated for the Rising Star this week, and he might have celebrated with a couple of drinks of Pepsi Max. No, I'd just like to have a couple of nice, nice little ones uh, with my meal and stuff. Just a nice little cold uh, can from the fridge. So it just goes well with, like, a nice steak or, yeah, just, just your meals. It just goes nice with it. Yeah, nothing pairs better with an eye fillet than a fizzy cola. Not all athletes are struggling with maturity. Victor Wembanyama is 19. With the first pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama. How is the seven foot two prodigy coping? Has it gone to his considerably tall head? I told him it's something like it's something bigger than basketball. You know, it's just life. It's just accomplishing yourself inside this universe, you know. I always remember I'm free in that universe. I I do whatever I can and I know what I want to do and nothing's going to stop me from doing it. Frenchman sounding like a Zen basketball master, look out, NBA. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to the ICC Cricket Review podcast, ESPN, Fox Footy and the Old Man and the Three podcast for the extra audio used in this episode.
0: Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the
2: ABC Listen app.